Welcome to Combat Sports Talk, a podcast dedicated to UFC and Bellator discussion, the MMA community, and combat sports in general. I'm your host, Ryan Smith, and joining me this week is the man who puts the it in IT, John Keyes. That's right. That's right. What I do, I make it look good, and I make it look easy. What's going on, Ryan? Man, I'm great, man. It, it's just been so long since uh, since we've done this. Like, I don't even know if I remember how to even operate this stuff. All right, remember, I know there's a lot of bells and whistles and switches there. Just, you know, if it's red, don't touch it. That's all I'm asking. All right, all right, and all right. that's what she said. Yeah. Uh, KC is unable to join us tonight. He is Wait, uh, he is a musician at a church, and tonight he is playing music. So um, the multi-talented um, and and easy-to-hit KC Onyebuchi um, <laughs> will not be with us tonight. All right, well, man, he's rocking for the Lord. Okay, yeah. man, rock out for the Lord. There it okay. is. To 11, man, to 11. <laughs> well, it's been three weeks since we've done a show. During that time, Rory McDonald defended his title. Leota Machida made quick work of Chael Sonnen. The Korean zombie buffer-factored Hinato Moicano. You had Gegord Masasi, who lost his title to Rafael Lovato Jr., Tyson Fury dispatched Tom Schwartz with a second-round TKO. So much action in the past three weeks. But now we are back with a UFC stop in the land of 10,000 lakes. That is Minneapolis, Minnesota for a heavyweight matchup between Francis Ngannou and Junior Dos Santos. This could determine who is next in line for a title shot. But before we get to those results, let's go through all the action in the official decision. The official decision. This is the official decision. This is where we look at the results from Saturday night. And this was UFC on ESPN in Ganu versus Dos Santos. It was June 29th, 2019 at the Target Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota. There were six fights on the card. Alonzo Minifield defeated Paul Craig. Now, hey, before we get too far into it, you were saying that there's an undercard fight that you wanted to talk about. There was, and this dude's name is ill. It's almost unpronounceable. Give me a, give me a second here. I'm glad you brought it up. But he is, he's another fighter uh, from 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 the motherland. Okay, of Africa, and he's a he. He was just a ripped warrior. Okay, I kid you not. He was, he, he and he destroyed the guy in the third round. I mean, it was total, it was total destruction. Uh, give me like two seconds. I do apologize, but continue on. All right, I digress. Continue. Okay, all right, all right. I just wanted to make sure that we did not talk about it. Drew Dober defeated Marco Polo Reyes via knockout in round one. Vink Pinkchel defeated Roosevelt Roberts in an upset via decision, unanimous. Damian Maya, the most dangerous man at welterweight, according to KC. I'm just kidding. According to me, but only when KC is there. <laughs> Damian Maya defeated Anthony Rocco Martin uh, via unanimous decision. In the co-main event, Joseph Benavides, a.k.a. husband of Megan Olivi. Uh, defeated Juicier Formiga via knockout in the second round. Um, so that was a great fight because um, 
Formiga was 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 actually putting it to Benavides, but Benavides turned the tables, and next thing you know, he is emerges victorious in the lame dunk, lame duck, uh, one hundred twenty five pound, uh, what is it, flyweight division? Yes. Yeah, it was destructive. Uh, I was I was very impressed with this fight, with, with the entire card. Once again, they did it again. UFC is pulling out these beautiful, these beautiful cards that are that are not boring anymore. They're actually like you want to sit there and actually watch these cards again. So you know, kudos to them for able to pull it out once again. All right. Did you find your your car that you're talking about? I'm looking right now. Give me give me give me like thirty seconds. Here. All right. Uh, the man who puts the it in it. As I'm looking at, I'm I'm narrowing it down. <laughs> uh, where is it? Where is it? Main card preliminaries. What? Ah, Dolce Lungi Ambula. All right. Uh, the. I'll I'll send you this name. Okay, this guy dispatched the guy. I mean, he was he, this was his first fight in the UFC. Um, like I said, if to watch to look at this guy, he's built like a tank. Uh, I, there was very little, if any, body fat. But if you look at his legs, his legs were deformed. Okay, wait, wait I, deformed? I, deformed. I will say that. I, the last well, like, time I like, saw legs. Like Dragon Ball Z muscular, okay. All right, it was it was huge, and I mean it's just like, and he just he's from South Africa. He is uh he he does have a judo background, and he was highly impressive. Look for him to 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 you know com- to continue. He will be back. Okay. Right. It sounds like you are uh, on the hype train. Dude, light heavyweight. He is. A, he's a, he fought light heavyweight. He fought light heavyweight, but he. They say he could go down to middleweight. All right, we have. To, we just have to watch. All right, so Terry Sokaju, we got another judo fighter. All right, so there you go. Yeah. So yeah. So his name was Dalcha Lungiambula. Yeah. And he yeah. defeated Daquan Townsend. Yeah. And it, it was just like. The first round was an engagement round. The second round, you could could have gave it to Daquan, but that third round, it was just like they he's you know some, they said now is the time. Go ahead and destroy him now. And he came out there and just ran him over. Kind of like it in was, Rocky Four, whenever the uh, Drago's coach was like, and it was like, okay, now it's time to get her. I must break him. Yes, exactly like that. It was exactly like that. And he has a killer sale. He has a thousand yards there. All right, uh-huh. and just and just so anybody, everybody, anybody, well, excuse me, everybody knows he has a ten and one pro MMA record. So there you go. All right. So look out for him, people. He he is dangerous. All right, and in the main event of the evening, Francis Ngannou defeated Junior Dos Santos via knockout in really the first call, round. We're gonna call it knockout, really? I think it was like. The uh, one man, one punch man hit. Via you know Death so, Star. So hit. I, I was talking. <laughs> I was talking to Kalechi, man, and Kale- uh, KC was like, "Hey, he felt you oversold that knockout." How? 
Okay. okay. <laughs> exactly. How do you oversell a knockout like that? I don't think they found Junior Soul yet. It's somewhere still floating around. I, I got you. I got you. But okay. when you think about the knockout that he put on uh, Alistair Overeem. Okay. Like, if- like Overeem was dead for at yeah. least two minutes. Yes. Yes. Junior but- Dos Santos popped pretty much popped right back up. Gave him a hug and it was like that. So, like when I think about knockouts that Junior, Do- I mean that 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 Francis Ngannou has delivered on people, like debilitating, you know, life shortening knockouts. I mean, even where like you think of someone like um um, what's his name? Can't think of his name now. Brown Pride. Give it to me. Kane Velasquez. Kane uh, Velasquez. Yeah. Kane Velasquez. I mean, his legs gave out. Okay, so let's talk about like that Junior Dos Santos just turtled up and was like, "I yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to get out of this." But see, you're not understanding why he turtled up. Oh, it hurt. Oh no, it didn't just hurt him. I, in my, in my opinion, he got hit so hard, so hard that he did not know where he was. All he knew is that he just he's about to get hit again, and the only thing he could do until he recovered who, what his name was and where his mom and dad are right now was to turtle up and regain consciousness. Okay? That's what happened. Because I'm sorry, I've seen hits like that. There's only been one other time that I've seen somebody get hit in that octagon that they did not know, that they had that look of, wow. Man, my room, my room as a teenager is great. You know, it's great to be fourteen year old. Hit again, and he's like, "Oh, wait a minute, I'm in, a, I'm in octagon." That's what happened to him. He got knocked into the land of confusion, and he did not know what to do but to turtle up. That's what happened. No, I, 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 and 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 this is this is this is KC's critique of 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 your assessment on 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 text. Okay. Did I put K-Pow or did I put Destroyed? You put Destroyed. Yes, Destroyed. Because it might as well say bye-bye as he... As he as okay, because I... And, 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 you know, once he was talking about it, it's unfortunate that you don't get to have this conversation directly with him. That is unfortunate. But he had a point. Okay. He had a point. Like, I, it, it, it was a knockout. It scores as a knockout. It scores as a debilitating knockout such that Junior Dos Santos... Did not make the buffer factor. It's a 2x buffer factor. That means he could have been knocked out two times before Bruce Buffer finished announcing that, that fight. That is true. So, it, it, we're not taking anything away from, from Francis Ngannou. And, and it, it is something to be said about Francis Ngannou's power that you and I are debating on how destructive it is. That's like saying, oh, well, that tornado was just an F1. Oh, no, that tornado <laughs> was an F3. No, it's a freaking tornado. Either way, it's a tornado. We're just going to call him One Punch Man and call it a night. How about that? No, well, You know, I'm quite fond of the One Punch Man. Actually, the reason why we're starting a little bit later than normal uh, is because I was watching One Punch Man. But. Amen. <laughs> But, you know, and, and, and like One Punch Man, Francis Ngannou has a sense of humor. We're going to talk about it a little bit more. But, yes, Francis Ngannou, 
Now we got to ask the question, what's going to happen to Junior Dos Santos? Because now Junior Dos Santos really doesn't have a place to go. He, he's not going to fight Stipe Miocic. He's not going to fight Francis Ngannou, um, which are the only two people that were ahead of him and the heavyweight ladder. He's now got to start looking down and seeing people like Derek Lewis, like um, uh, I don't think he's already fought Alistair Overeem. Um, I don't think they have. Let me see. So, so I mean, should Junior Dos Santos continue? Because clearly he's not going to be able to – He he's not going to get a title shot. The best thing for, for Junior right now, he can become a gatekeeper at best. I mean, unless by some weird fluke they get that he that he lucks up on a title. Um, yeah, I don't I don't see because I'm looking at the and they have they have fought. Alistair Overeem and, and uh, Sagano have fought. Alistair Overeem uh, beat him in the second round. Um, so so yeah, so there's we're, we're running out of places for for him to fight. And that's the thing, is that, what are you going to do? Well, I do have something to say. Hold on, before you go any further. That Stipe fight, that could be a trilogy. Oh, so they split. They, yeah, they split. That can be a trilogy for them. Okay, okay. So we, we have we have a potential here. So, so. so let's see how this would work out. We would have to go Stipe versus DC, mm-hmm. uh, assuming that... DC retires after the Stipe fight, then you would have Stipe versus uh, someone for the the you know the vacant title, which would be Francis Ngannou because Francis has has earned his spot for a title shot. That was what he after the fight. That's who he was saying to Dana White is like basically yes. who else you want me to fight because I, I beat your number three guy. You know I'm what else what else you want me to do? So it would be. The rematch between Francis Ngannou and Stipe Miocic for the title, and then um, perhaps Junior Dos Santos could get the loser of that fight. Yeah, yeah, he could, but yeah, he could do that. He could do that, but we got to put him on a win streak for him to to even to to for him for him to have another title shot. He would have to be in a win. Yeah, streak. but that he, would give him the win streak, right? Like that's the thing is yeah. if. If you give him the loser of the Francis Ngannou and winner of or the vacant title fight, because if DC isn't going to continue to, he's not going to continue to fight at heavyweight. He's going to fight John Jones at light heavyweight. So, um, so that would vacate the heavyweight title, which would give Francis Ngannou and Stipe Miocic the, you know, the title shot. The loser of that would be the person that you'd fight, Junior Dos Santos. Yes. Okay, that works. Because I mean, it's not like he's having a—he's on a skid or anything like that. He's won uh, three of the last four fights. Okay. Yeah. So, so. He's, he's not on a bad skid. He's just—you know—he's becoming a bridesmaid. That's all. <laughs> bridesmaid. Never the bride. There it is. Yeah. All right. So that's it. That's finding the—I mean—that's the official decision. We're going to go into the next segment. That is finding the angles where we look at the headlines that people are talking about and have been talking about for the past three weeks. <laughs> This is Finding the Angles. This is where we look at the headlines that people are talking about. It's been three weeks. I have been collecting stories 
for 21 days. Um, so we got a lot of stuff to talk about. We don't have to give everything the the the, the full uh, the whole nine yards, but I do want to cover some topics and just get some reactions here. So Dillashaw, TJ Dillashaw, um, went on uh, Chael Sutton's podcast and talked about the reason why he took EPO. Um, if you'll remember that TJ Dillashaw, the former 135 pound uh, champion. Uh, got popped for PEDs when he went down to 125 pounds to fight Henry Cejudo uh, for that flyweight championship. He got knocked out faster than the buffer factor, embarrassed really, and then got popped for PEDs. And so he talked about the fact that he took EPO to drop weight. One of the things he said was that he was running into problems dropping from 135 to 125. He says, I pushed my body to the extreme. About six weeks out, my body started to crash. It started to get tired. I started feeling like I didn't want to get up for practice. And he took the EPO, made 125, but you could tell that he wasn't the same fighter that he was at 135. Oh, well. Um, there's a, I'll, I, I'm not going to – I'll accept that too, okay? Um, they've always – you know, to hear from Team Alpha Male that he's always had a self-conscious problem about, about, his, about his performance, and they said that it was his drive that drove him to, to take – performance enhancement okay wait, wait. why is team alpha male commenting on that this was uh they commented on because they because remember tj dillashaw have been they they've uh cody garbrand uriah faber and several other members of team alpha male came out of the woodwork and was saying that he was showing them how to do it and it wasn't so he was he was kind of power gaming it saying that they didn't say that we couldn't take this so I will take this type of issue. So they were all commenting when he when he finally, when he came out with the with the sorry not sorry type video that he came out with that he kind of shed a tear and like oh you know I did this I got I'm busted you know they were coming out saying that he was that he knew very well what he was doing and he always he was very self conscious about his body. Yeah, but so. you got to consider the source too. Yeah. You think there was a bit of a bitter beer there? Yeah, uh, you mean you, you're talking about T.J. Dillashaw, the, okay. the 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 snake, if you will, mm -hmm. who has decimated Team Alpha Male. Okay. Like team, like they should change their name. To what? The team Beta Male. Team really? Team Beta Male. Team Charlie <laughs> Male. Something I don't know, but not Alpha Male unless T.J. Dillashaw is at that gym. Like when he walks into the gym, they become Team Alpha Male. Wow, you're saying that they they all got pimp slapped by Dillashaw. Name a team back. alpha male fighter who's beaten TJ Dillashaw. I'll, I'll look. I'll wait. Thank well, you. Wait, wait. Garbrandt beat him. Okay. Wait, he no, just, no, he didn't. Ah, uh, he beat him the first time. No, he oh, did, did he? Not. Did he? Uh, go, go, what? Wait, 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 wait. What? I'm wrong, I'm wrong, I'm wrong, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, 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 there you go. Knew it was coming, knew it was coming. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying. So, okay. I don't, you know, you can brand yourself Team Alpha Male. It's just becoming less and less credible. Wow. Maybe you're Team Alpha Male at a weight class that is not 135 pounds. Maybe at 145 you're Team Alpha Male. Maybe 125. Definitely not 135. Wow. 
No love in this joint. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, you're right. All right. So, yeah, I, you know, for me, I was starting to like TJ Dillashaw. I, I didn't like him in, in The Ultimate Fighter. I always thought he was a jerk. I actually buy into the fact that he probably is a snake. But, um, th- you know, the battle between him and Cody Garbrandt, the battle between him, you know, and the little Don, a.k.a. the California Kid, a.k.a. Uriah Faber, um, it, you know, it's it's entertaining to me. And he's embraced this this bad guy image. Um, but he's a talented fighter. It's unfortunate that rather than just accept the fact that he can't make 125, you know, he was he, willing to put his body at, at he, extreme he put his risk. body at risk, and I and and I hold that he'll hold him at fault. I think the two year suspension is is good, and hopefully he'll come back and he'll stop the nonsense and and, and challenge Cejudo at one thirty five. That would be great, um, because I do believe that Henry Cejudo is the legitimate one hundred thirty five pound title holder. Yes, uh, he has proven it. He, he's proven that he is the triple C, and we're going to leave it at that. No, no, one he hasn't. He has who not. Has not. Who does he need to beat? Who does he need to beat? He, he he's got to beat Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. Unfortunately, he's got to go to one FC to do it. Mighty Mouse is cool where he at. He's not. Yeah, you're right. He has to go to one FC to do it. But in the UFC, he has proven himself. And you know what? To speak one more thing about TJ Dillashaw, I know why I don't like him. You know who he reminds me of? Who? William Zabka. And you probably don't know the name. I don't know the name exactly. Uh, but you do know who he plays. He plays Johnny from the Karate Kid. Okay, okay. got it. All right. And he is. He well, why don't you just call him like his mama? Don't even know his name is William yes, Zabka. He, yes. His yes, mama yes. called him like Johnny. Little, no, she calls his, him Little Willie. His little mama Willie. called him Johnny. His He's mama like, called him Johnny. I'ma call him Johnny. <laughs> but it's just the point that the dude and the dude came to um to Fan Expo here here in our town, and he's a really cool dude. It's just that he has this look about him that he just plays asshole character. I'm sorry, I just used that. Yeah, word. I gotta bleep that out now. Yeah, hey, bleep it out. That bleep whole characters. That's that's what he does, you know. And it's just unfortunate. That's what Dillashaw is. He's probably a decent dude. He probably really is, but he just has the the jerk aura about him. So so uh, I just want to say that Johnny from the Karate Kid was a victim of a bully by the name of. Um, I was going to call him by his real name, Daniel LaRusso. You know, that is the theory, and I've seen that theory, and I have to say that you're correct. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> you're very correct. Daniel LaRusso was the aggressor in Karate Kid all the way through. And if you haven't, and this is a, this is a dirt, I, I guess this is a, this is a promo. If you haven't watched Cobra Kai yet, you Don't. really need oh. to watch it. Oh, okay. You really do need to watch it. It's really good. It's really well written. You know, Kudos to YouTube uh, video for 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 hosting that. Uh, yeah, it's it's worth the watch. You okay. are the first person, like literally the first person that I have ever heard s- say that Cobra Kai was good. Like everyone else that I've talked to, they were like, "It's a money grab. It's 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 ridiculous." Like I, you were the first person that I have spoken to that said Cobra Kai is good. Well, I say it like this. Apparently, it's pretty good for it not only to get a season one, but a season two. And now they've been green lighted for a season three. I believe. Wow. So, okay. Well, so people it, are watching it. Yeah. And, and it's like I said, and 
it's just, it's really, I mean, like I said, there's more to it. If you just look at the first couple of episodes, okay, I can see why people say it's a money grab. But if you actually watch the Fool's first season, and if you still think it's a money grab, then you should just not watch Karate Kid at all. You should just disregard the whole Karate Kid saga. Just go ahead and wipe that out. Your hey, mind. you know what? What 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 I'll do is I'll just watch the remake of Karate Kid with Jackie Chan. No, let's not do that. Okay, let's not do that. Let's not because that's the real Karate Kid anyway. Actually, it's Kung Fu Kid, but we're not. Uh, yeah, I, no, no. I, that, that, that's why I'm making the joke. I'm, I'm, uh, for those of you fans out there, I'm making a joke He's because funny. the most ridiculous thing you could do is the the most disrespectful thing you can do to not not only kung fu but but to the to the franchise is to move the karate kid from japan to china mm-hmm. like that is the most disrespectful thing you can do anyway because first of all those martial arts are completely different number two there is a history that china and japan have between each other and Beef. to move to to move the karate kid to china is so 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 tone deaf to the history between Japan and China. Like that is crazy to me. But we are digressing. We got so much to talk about. We not even, we shouldn't even be talking about it. At least it's martial arts related, and that's a thankful thing. We're just saying that somebody in that meeting should have been like, man, I don't know if we should do that. You know, that's all we're saying. Yeah, like like the people who made the 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 Karate Kid remake clearly. Were not martial arts fans. No, they were not. They, I mean, Jackie Chan. I blame Jackie Chan to be honest. Why? Because everywhere else, okay, everywhere else in the world, they called it the Kung Fu Kid. Okay, only in America did they call it. I believe only in America they called it the Karate Kid. Jackie Chan should have set him straight. He's like, listen, I know you want to call this the Karate Kid, but, but. Call it something else. Call it Kung Fu Kid in America. I really wish they would have called it the Kung Fu Kid. I really did, because it, it would just made it made more sense. And they still would have kept, they would have kept a little respect to it as it being a nod to the Karate Kid. Like, hey, here's the here's the yep. you know here's China's version. Yep, that's it. That's, that's it. That's all they had to do. That's all hey, they had. Hey, you know what? You you know what's what what's what's really getting um getting some publicity. What's that? Bellator and Ryzen. They're showing that cross promotion is healthy in the in the in MMA. Now this is something that I, I put this here, and this was uh, once again this is this is way back in June fourteenth, but mm-hmm. I put this here because of the fact that I wanted to underscore how this is showing that what we want to see, which is cross promotion fights, is a thing and it's healthy. It's good, like um. So on June fourteenth, um, Kyoji Horiguchi, the bantamweight champion, fought the Bellator title holder Darian Caldwell at Bellator two twenty two. Um, Ryzen's bantamweight champion, one hundred thirty five pound, defeated Bellator's um, one hundred thirty five pound champion by unanimous decision and became their champion. So now you've got a champion who's a champion in two different promotions. Like that is what we want to see. 
and and it's sad the UFC is not getting in on this action, especially since the ethos of the UFC is to see which martial art is the best. Like now that we've kind of gotten this mixed martial arts and it's a thing and it's all a blur, it's just a freaking, you know, uh, it's just a big soup cocktail melting pot of different martial arts. Now it's who's the best martial artist in the world. And if you create this giant wall around your fighters, yes, you've got the best fighters, but there's some pretty good fighters out there. And Ryzen and Bellator have proven that they've got some of them. Yes, they do. And the, the, but the thing is, uh, the UFC is too arrogant to allow their any of their champions to fight another champions just on the threat that they could be defeated. Okay, that's a there's a there's a bit of arrogance there. There's a bit of pride going on. I don't I, personally. I would love to see that. I would love to see. I mean, if Dana is so is so um, what's the word confident of his of his fighters. I would send them all out. Be like, go get that dude. Okay, he's got your belt. Go get that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, that would be the thing. Is uh, if it were me, and, and I would I would get it all on one card. I would get all my best fighters. I'd I'd get DC to go after Ryan Bader. I'd get John Jones to go after Ryan Bader. Like Ryan, you got to fight twice tonight. You're gonna lose both of those belts easily. Okay. You know, it's like I would I would get. Kamaru Usman to go after Rory McDonald. Oh my goodness. I mean, think about this for a moment. Think about it. it like, Gegard Masasi just lost his belt to Rafael Lovato Jr. So, you're telling me that Robert Whitaker or Stylebender couldn't take that dude out? Come on. Yeah. Like, I would, li- I would line them up, and then you know what I would do? After I took out. Um, Bellator, I would go after Ryzen and I would collect all their belts and have all their belts up and then I would I would I would Cal Drago all their belts. Oh wow. Just it melt it down. Into one belt. Just one belt. <laughs> because uh, let me just say the the melted down Bellator Ryzen belts would still look better than that toy looking belt that UFC has today. That's actually being jeweled out. If you haven't, if you haven't heard, yeah. that every time that it's defended, they 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 replace a diamond with a ruby in there. Which which is de- which is devaluing the belt. <laughs> I is you know. Let's see here. What's this um, diamond versus ruby? Which one's more expensive? I know. I know. I'm asking a a, a very um, a answer that answers itself but you know i'm asking a question that will answer itself but curiosity is you know you could surprise me i'll even i'll even eat some crow if 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 a ruby is more more valuable than a diamond uh let's see here hold on i mean i listen listen i i know that we don't want to do dead air but i'm willing to wait on this okay all right so um from let's see here from the Tribune Digital, Chicago Tribune, I quote, Many colored gemstones are much more valuable than a diamond, but it all depends on the quality, of course. A ruby is, and they put this in bold print, rarer and more expensive than a diamond. Oh, wow. Oh, I learned something new. Okay, well, maybe not then. Man, you go up. UFC. Your belt's yeah, still you... ugly, but at least the, the <laughs> at least the ruby is better than the diamond. I got you. And 
and John Jones may be the one, be the first person to bling that sucker completely out. Yeah, he could be. Um, I just have to say that being born in April, the birthstone of April is the diamond, and so therefore I would prefer to have diamonds on my belt. Wow! Well, so said- Kalechi, put some diamonds on it. Put some blings on it and then give it back. Um, okay. So since we're talking about cross promotion, there's somebody who wants a cross promotion, and I don't know if it's a good idea. So in that same card, Dylan Dennis defeated his opponent um, in like the first round. It was just complete devastation. He, he Dylan Dennis. It's unfortunate because like Dylan Dennis is clearly like an elite level grappler and and submission art, artist. However, because he's only two and zero in professional. Uh, fights they're giving him tomato cans and it's like come on bro like you know you know this guy teaches this stuff like he teaches connor jujitsu so like why are you giving him tomato cans so he calls out john jones after his fight he don't want that okay (laughs) i don't want him to want that for the simple fact that i you know what I say what I say about John Jones and I stick by it. However, I do not look the gift horse in the mouth. John Jones is a force of nature. Dylan Dennis does not want any parts of that. Not not his not his fists, not his knees, not his elbows, not his feet, not his jock strap, not his athletics cuff, not his mouthpiece. He wants no part of that. Okay? Well, he really don't. Yeah, look, can can I just add that Dylan Dennis is a welterweight? So that's 170 pounds versus a 205-pounder? I was Well, now I just really want to see it because that'll harken back to the to the olden days of UFC where weights was whatever. Dude, that would be that would be terrible. I, I wouldn't actually I would want to see it just because I'd want to see Dylan Dennis's mouth shut. Like it's funny because John Jones has become the big stick of the of MMA. Like, okay, if we don't like somebody, let's sick John Jones on him. <laughs> He's become the enforcer, the 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 the, the juiced out enforcer of mixed martial arts. That's right. And well, no, you- I'm not gonna agree with that. I'm gonna say picograms, like- picograms. <laughs> Picogram is still a gram. Okay, last time I checked. Okay. No, picogram is not still a gram. It's a gram of salt. It's a gram. A picogram is less. Is a picogram is a billionth of a gram. Dude, you're still saying gram, so it's in there, dude. Okay, like I said, there have been fighters that have gotten that have gotten busted for 17 picograms for two years. Okay. I know, but but so. it's it, it, it's interesting, and we'll we'll get to this in a moment. But we're, we're going to talk about. The, the halo effect that John Jones is enjoying right now, but yes. but since we're talking about UFC, um, the rumors are true. Remember, we I kind of teased that Dana White would have big news in the summertime, and we're now officially in summer, um, so the news is going to officially come out. But um, the rumors are considered true. The UFC is buying premier boxing champions. Wow, that so is, they that are is impressive. They are coming into. The boxing world. Now, um, I, I, I did, what I didn't do, because I, I wasn't thinking about it at the time, um, who are some of the premier boxing champion fighters? Mm-hmm. That's a good question, sir. Um, I, I want to say, um, I want to say it's, um, let's see, 
Premier Publish. Boxing. They had uh, Coda. Let's see who else they have. The Pacquiao Thurman. They're fighting under Premier Boxing Champions. Really? Yeah. Um, July first. That was oh. That's tonight. What? No, that's the article. It's coming up this weekend, right? Uh, yeah, I think I was going to say it's now. <laughs> the article, the date on the article, the date on the article is July first, and I'm like, wait, today's July first. Wait, gonna, wait, they're fighting say, tonight. <laughs> you know, music was provided by, and I was in. We're out. You know, goodness. Hey. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um. Yeah. So they got Pacquiao. Like, there's there's some big fighters on on in Premier Championship uh, boxing. So. Yes. They got Manny Pacquiao, Keith Thurman, Caleb Plant, Jamal James. Interesting. So, oh wow, oh wow, they got Adrian Broner. <laughs> they got the problem. They got the problem indeed. Yeah, so, but they also got Brazil too. So if yeah. they've got Brazil, then that means they also got um, Deontay Wilder, huh? Uh, I believe so. Let me look here. I'm looking yes, down. they got Deontay Wilder. Wow. Now, well, you know, he's White did say he wanted to see all the heavy champions. He wanted to see the Wilder. He's the Wilder versus the Fury. He wanted to see all those super fights. He was going. He was saying he was going to make that a mission of, of life hey. to get those super fights going. Hey, so, guess yeah. who else they got? Who? Andy. Ruiz Jr. Oh, you kidding me? They got all the belts. Have all the belts all the time. So, so this is really a coup. Like I, I, I wasn't thinking about it in this in this context. I was just like, oh, they're finally getting into boxing. No, if they buy Premier Boxing Champions, then they are getting some of the world's greatest oh. heavyweights. Some of the world's greatest fighters, like Manny Pacquiao, like there, there's so many great fighters in PBC that the rebranding them as UFC fighters is going to be instant lift. Guess who else they picked up? I who? just realized that they have Adrian Boner, Broner. Oh um, man, I know Beep. Um, they got Paul Malinaji as well. Oh, like like we really care about that. Oh no! I want to see him get beat some more. I don't. I, oh, we I, didn't I, even I, have it on the run sheet. I should have. I should have had that on the run sheet, uh, because yeah. I, because bare knuckle fighting isn't a, isn't a, a, a promotion that I typically go to for information. So therefore, I forgot that we have to talk about Pauli Maginati and 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 Pauli. Yes, Pauli. Pauli. Yeah. Pauli Cutface. Yes. Versus yes. the Goat. Artem yes. Lobov. I think we will have to call him the goat now. No. Uh, we'll 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 talk about it. Yeah, we will have to call him the goat because he did he did pull out the upset, the upset. Okay, you can say whatever you want, and I can say whatever I want, but he went in there and he did the, he did his business. Okay, so there he you go. He did his business well. So, so so be on the lookout. I'm actually excited because you know when we start talking about boxing, I, for years I when when the topic of boxing has come up. I have yawned. I have talked so much smack about boxing because I didn't care. And then Deontay Wilder happened, and then Tyson Fury happened, and then Anthony Joshua happened, and now I cannot freaking wait for heavyweight boxing. I am so excited. I love it. I love it. I'm going to enjoy this because uh, Mr. White has said that his son 
will be a boxer in this boxing league. Oh, I want to see him get beat up. I'm, they're going <laughs> to beat him. Oh my goodness. They're going to anger beat him. You so you know you know they're going they're going to <laughs> you, you, you know what they're going to do is they're going to give him tomato cans, pad his record, and then, you know, it, you know how they're going to do it. But nobody's. Who wants to be the stepping stone for the for the for the son of the boss? Depends on how much it. Not look. Depends on how much it pays. Hey man, somebody. Hey, somebody's gonna say. You know what? This kid needs an anger beating, like from penitentiary one, two, and three. If you if and nope. another another shout out. If y'all haven't seen penitentiary nope. series, y'all what? What? No. What? What? Why? Why would I watch that? Oh my god. Uh, okay. A gr- Man, you're speechless. I, I got, I, I'm getting some lag. <laughs> you're getting lag. No, it's me out of just just shocked. Okay, so what I'm going to I'm going to find a penitentiary series. I got it here somewhere. You're getting them. Okay, and you're gonna watch it. Okay. How about this? How about this? If your little weak Vega can beat my Chun Li, I will watch the penitentiary series. Okay. But, 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 uh, uh, no, when Chun Li beats your little Vega, then I get to pick a series that you haven't seen that you have to watch. A series to be named later. Oh, God. Just as long long as it's not Toy Story, dude, I'm good. Okay. You said it. It's recorded. As long as it's not Toy Story, that leaves me a lot of wiggle room. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. So, so we're talking about premiere boxing champions um premier championship boxing let me make it sure i'm right yeah premier championship box okay premier championship boxing or no premier boxing champions there we go pbc premier boxing champions okay of which andy ruiz jr the 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 three promotion belt um champion has agreed to rematch anthony joshua and guess where they're fighting Mm. Madison Square Garden. They're not going back to the UK. So when Anthony Ruiz Jr. uh, defeated Anthony Joshua, everyone thought, well, okay, so Anthony Joshua is going to get the rematch because it's it's a clause in the contract, and he's going to go back to the UK, and that's where he's going to want to fight. Well, sure, that's where he wanted to fight. That's where he's done all of his fight. But it was announced by the Independent that Anthony Ruiz Jr. is going to rematch Anthony Joshua at Madison Square Garden where he lost his titles. So they're coming back to the same venue. It's going to take place either in November or December. I am super excited about that. That, excuse me, that is a boxing match to end the year on. Okay. To ring in the new year. I I, I hope they do it for December. I, I I would watch that just to watch the new year get rung on. Because that's going to be a, oh my goodness, that's going to be a good fight. That's going to be a really good fight. So here's the catch. And I don't even like boxing. This is, well, I like boxing now. Like, I'm I'm down for, for boxing. You know, the sweet science of boxing. Let's keep it going. Here's the, here's the catch, though, is that the winner of the rematch has been ordered by the WBO to fight a mandatory challenger. A guy by the name of Alexander Usyk. He's he's based out of like Belarus. Oh boy! And this guy, oh no, he's Ukraine. Sorry, 
He's based out of Ukraine. Um, he's 16-0. and 0. He's got 12 knockouts. Um, and he's like the cruiserweight champion. I'm trying to make sure I'm, I'm, I'm right on all this. Um, so I didn't know that a, a you know, like a, a, a boxing federation can declare that you have to fight this guy next. I guess that's the clause. Of, I guess that's one of the perks of, you know, having an organizational belt rather than have fighters in order. You can sit there and say, OK, you're going to have my belt. This is who you're going to fight. You have to you have to defend this belt against this person. That's not a bad deal. I mean, if you think about it, I mean that makes sure that everybody in across all the promotions gets a fair chance. Yeah, but the, yeah. that's not the fight that anyone wants to see. That's the thing. Like uh, you've no. got to balance the two. It's got to be a fight. And 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 before before you call me out on it, before Casey, whenever he listens to this, I don't want him calling me up and trying to call me. <laughs> respect the ladder. Yes, respect the ladder. Exactly. However, you've got Deontay Wilder out there. Let's reun let's 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 unify the titles before we go and mand mandate you gotta fight some people. Hey, it's that's that's the name of the game. Hey, he, he he's earned his spot. He's probably been sitting there chilling for a minute. He wants his he wants his piece of the pie. So I, yeah. I, I, if he if it's not so I mean this guy has a seventy five percent knockout rate okay that's not that's pretty that's pretty good okay so just send him over there and we'll see what he's about if he ain't worth nothing it's not a problem if he's worth something well everybody shouldn't have been sleeping on him yeah i, I got you but i just this i i, I want to see deontay wilder fight either ruiz or J anthony joshua i want to see tyson fury go in there and mess things up like that's what i want to see we've got all these great heavyweights like, why are we bringing Alexander Usyk into this? Like, is he really that good? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm new to this boxing of, thing. 12 out of 16 knockouts? Yeah. And, and, and Anthony Joshua is, before the Andy Ruiz fight, he was 22-0 and 0 with 21 knockouts. So, yeah. So, like, we don't know who he's fighting. He ain't well, fighting bruisers. It could be a tune-up match. You never know. You probably just need to get, you know, get get you know, try some new things and just get tuned up for the next one. Okay, okay. Be. Well, you know that that's that's what it is. But I want to see Tyson Fury, and I I am I am very quickly getting on the uh, hype train for Tyson Fury. Because I so so while I while I was watching uh, or getting ready for the show tonight. You know, I pulled up the Tyson Fury, um, and the reason why I put Tyson Fury on the run sheet was because before his fight with um, Tom Schwartz, um, they they were in the back and they were praying um, before the. You know, every everybody has a ritual before they come out and they perform, but um, Tyson Fury, who's a well known born again Christian, was kissing freaking Deontay Wilder and and blessing him and all kinds of stuff after their. Their fight ended in a draw. Um, the I thought it was a poignant moment when you know you're there backstage. They're getting ready to go out there, and he prays a Christian prayer. And then I don't know if it's his coach or his manager or whoever it is prayed uh, a, a prayer, an Islamic prayer. 
And then they made a moment for anyone else who wanted to pray. They they made a moment for that. And so, you know, in a time and a place in, in, in our country and in our world where there's really a lot of intolerance towards other religions and things like that, I thought it was awesome that Tyson Fury w- was showing how it should be. That, that all religions can coexist. So, you know, sorry for kind of taking it into that direction, but it, it but it was a, it was a moment where it stopped and made me go, you know, with all the craziness that Tyson Fury brings to the ring, with all the things that he says, and it was funny because while I'm while I was preparing the run sheet, the video of the prayer ended, and then it started playing autoplay on YouTube, you know, and it was like the best of Tyson Fury and all the crazy stuff he did, like he's got all this chaos going around him but he still has a moment like that. I like this dude. Much respect. Okay. And yeah, we took it to, we took it to the, to the religious corner of, of the game, but um, all religions should be respected. Okay. Because in the great scheme of things, we all have a God that we call God. All right. That we, that we, that we uh, except for worship. the atheists, they they don't have a god that they call that, god. Even even atheists believe in something; they just believe in nothing. That's still a belief. Wait, no, you how how is how is a belief in nothing a belief in something? Because because the never-ending story will teach you that nothing, oh like god, a whole, would be never, something, but nothing the, the is endings. nothing. The, the never-ending story. He went there. Yeah, you look. You end up losing to Chun Li. You may end up watching Never Ending Story one and two. You know, I'm not wrong. I'm not bad for that. I'm I'm good for that. I'm good for that. You know, I think I think my kids watching it with me will be a, a traumatic experience for them. But yeah. I'm good with eighty movies. So so, that. but that's the thing but, is that nothing can't be something. Something, hey. Tell because the if nothing that. is something, then <laughs> it's not nothing. Exactly. That's my whole point. Okay, that if you have uh, atheism is almost oxymoronic in the sense that uh, atheist believes that there is nothing. That's a belief. That's still a belief. Well, having a belief doesn't is not a. That's. I mean, we can replay this, but what you said was everybody has a belief in in a god that they call God, and I was like, except for atheists because they don't believe in a god. So therefore, it's not that there's a belief that it's okay. not a belief. It's it's they don't believe in a god. So whatever it is re- that they believe is not a god. Well, then let me rephrase myself. Everybody has a belief. Okay, everybody does, even atheists. Okay. Okay. So, with that said, I mean, it's, everybody should should have the tolerance to, while you may disagree for whatever crazy reason that you would dis- disagree with, you should all respect. Okay, because that person, that's what their that's their philosophy. Okay? okay. That's what their that's their creed, and you know. They should all respect that. All right. So so that that's the thing. But I, I, I like Tyson Fury because of the fact that he's a great boxer. His head movement is ridiculous. Yeah. He, he He's great on the mic. I mean, he rivals that of a Conor McGregor um, on the mic. And I the dude can sing. Can he? Yes. Huh. He's got a great voice, too. He can sing. Like, oh, what? Come on, Tyson. What can you don't what what do you don't do? That's what I want to know. I'm finding this Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury was singing to one of his opponents at, at, at one of the and it was like, oh my gosh, 
He was singing Wind Beneath My Wings to oh, to wow. and it was like that's actually really good. That's actually really creepy. The could you imagine him walking to the ring singing the wind beneath my ring my wings? But no, no, but but I would get out the ring. But but Tyson Fury was saying that he was the wind beneath their wings. Like he was Ah, uh, I get you. Yeah, but I'm like, still, I still, I'm still leaving that ring because I'm not winning that match. This dude is crazy. Uh, listen, I do not ascribe to to your to your, your belief that that weird walkout music is a, is a indication of of insanity. That, well, I'm just saying that it's it's not an indication of insanity. That's just an indication that, that dude is willing to go all the way there. Okay, okay, he's willing to go all the way there to end you. So I'm like, huh, if this guy's coming out to Wu-Tang, I'm like, okay, I got you. I got you, Wu-Tang. But if he's coming out to Celine Dion, we got problems, okay? I'm looking at the ref like, man, you better watch this fight closely because the moment he hits me, I'm going to hit the ground, and I'm not getting up. And I'm not even – I don't care if he taps me. I'm going right to the ground, and I'm getting up because I don't want none of that. Like, this like I don't, I, I, that, 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 the logic doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, yes, it does. It, it does. No, no, you cannot yes. tell me that the logic makes sense to me. That logic does not make sense to me at all. <laughs> it should. Okay, it really should. You really need to go back and look at the, the look, look at the entrance music to win ratio. Okay, you really need to look at those, and and you'll notice that the ones that win consistently come out to Sarah Tucker and uh, not Sarah Tucker, Sarah Brightman's uh, you know uh, time to say goodbye watch you're gonna they come out even song. walks out to that um, um dong young Kim actually he actually walked out to it a couple times there are a few other fighters that do it but the whole point is if they're coming out to something soft, if they're coming out to Celine Dion to 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 Sarah oh God they came out to Sarah McLaughlin just Shut the peep the, the pay per view down. It's over. This guy's going to murder him. Okay. I wish I, I need somebody to come. That's that's what I'll do. All, 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 all I know is Man, that if, if 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 all I got to do is play the right music, I mean, this sounds like Iron Eagle. It doesn't don't sound like MMA. Like if I just got to play the right music, then like I don't have to fight. So Dude. maybe I should be an MMA. I mean, heck. Dead Mouse and Skrillex. That's nah, like the, that'll get your feet. Dead Mouse, Dead Mouse and Skrillex. I mean, I'm just saying, they're DJs. They should know music better than anybody. They'd be like, yeah, oh, yeah. what is the softest no, thing no. that I can play? Oh, the softest thing you can play is um, uh, 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 A Whole New World, Aladdin, Aladdin soundtrack. There you go. Pivo Bryson. There you go. You sing that, people are like, I'm done. Uh, I, I, I'll take that lost purse. I'll, I'll take that lost purse, please. I'm telling you, man. All by myself, Eric Carmen. This 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 is just terrible. Like, <laughs> this is this is ridiculous. Eric like, Carmen, man. I'll like, tell you. This is ridiculous. Like this is ridiculous. Like this is ridiculous. Baby Rid- come back by player. Uh, I, I, that's a 50 because like, it depends like, on how the, he's coming. Okay, right. let me just say that I'm disturbed by your <laughs> by by your knowledge of all these weak sauce songs. Hey man. Like like hey. no, no, I'm just saying. <laughs> like I, 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 I'm disturbed by the fact that you're saying that you would consider yourself instant defeat if someone walked out to what is clearly your personal playlist. Um, 10 CC. Uh, I'm not in love. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. Scott Coker. Uh, <laughs> like I'm. Th- oh man. 
we're lo- we're gonna be losing listeners. We're gonna lose <laughs> listeners for this. Oh, I got a cough. <laughs> All right, Scott Coker. So Chris Cyborg is on her last fight in the UFC. She's fighting Felicia Spencer at UFC 240, which is shaping up to be an amazing card. Like it July is. is the month of fights. Um, the the it's her last fight. Scott Coker said. Um, if you're free one day, give us a call. Like Scott Coker was willing to take Chris Cyborg under his wing, bring her to Bellator. I, for me, it, Chris Cyborg needs to just make a deal with the UFC. Like, there's not better co- female competition in Bellator. No one's gonna fight at 145. Name a 145 pound Bellator fighter. Is is uh, McFarland a 145? I thought she was a 135er. I think she's 135 going up to 145. I think that's what it is. But the whole point. But you made a point. Nobody wants to fight Cyborg. Okay, even even though Nunez put her down, and like I said, I think that even then that was a mistake on Cyborg's part. When I'm not taking anything away from Nunez's knockout, she was there. She did what she was supposed to do. It was Cyborg's fault for not not respecting the power. But with that oh, said, okay, nobody wants to fight Cyborg at all. Okay, I don't want to fight Cyborg. I don't want to fight Cyborg with an advantage. When I mean advantage, I mean a pistol. I don't want to fight Cyborg with a pistol. Okay. All right. All right. So, so um, McFarlane is a 125 pound fighter. Um, so uh, Julia Budd is the current reigning featherweight world champion for Bellator. I just don't think that there's enough fighters at 145 in the world. And so, it, like, that's one of those things where. You, you just don't have enough fighters for Chris Cyborg to fight. That, you know, uh, Amanda Nunes, she went up there, fought Chris Cyborg, and then she was like, I'm not fighting at 145 ever again. Yeah. She, you know, she knew that she escaped, and, and, and I mean, th- that's what it was because you, you, you're not, you're not what? What is it? I, it was something like a, a 10x buffer factor better yeah. than, than Chris Cyborg. Yeah. Um and- so it's it's uh it, it it's one of those things where it's like, you know, um there's not enough fighters at 145 and going to Bellator may make you more money but you've really only got one fight as Julia Bud and after that Julia has basically walked through all the other competition in Bellator. So if you if you put Julia Bud down then what else is there left for you to do? I would just sign with uh I would just sign with the UFC because if they're because the UFC's relationship with Invicta at least gives you a, a funnel of fighters that you might someday fight. Yeah, but let's be honest here. Um, most most female fighters they're they're dropping down to to a weight because they know that medically Cyborg can't go to a, to one thirty five. And they know that they that that they'll stay there just so they know that they don't have to fight yeah. Cyborg. One yeah, day. the the, the only fight if, if I was Chris Cyborg, the only fight that I would want anyway would be the Amanda Nunes fight back. I would want that fight one more time, and I would tell him I would say, "Listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna dispatch Spencer, and then after I dispatch Spencer, Amanda, we got to do it one more time, and it's it's win or go home. So if I win, then I'm gonna stay in and I'm gonna retire as a as as, as the uh, UFC 145 pound featherweight champion, one of the greatest female fighters in the world, or you're going to beat me twice. It's 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 not going to be a buffer factor fail, and 
you will you will then be the only woman to say that you beat Chris Cyborg not once but twice. It's it's it, it, it it's one of those things where I think that that's the only logical fight that's left for Chris Cyborg. Her career, unfortunately, as much as I would want to see her continue fighting, her career is coming to an end, and yeah. there's just not enough competition. She was she was too great too soon. Maybe 10, 15 years from now, we'll have enough 145-pound women that she could have fought, but it's just not today. Clearly, the, 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 the competition is at 135, and it really isn't there at 135. It's there at 125 and then yes. at 115. So um, there it is. So we should talk about this. You have said that you were going to sick Henry Cejudo on me. <laughs> Yes, I did. I, I have I have threatened Ryan many times that, you know, one day he's going to walk to his desk at his job and Henry Cejudo is going to have his feet propped up on his desk, chilling in his chair, looking at him, looking at him. UFC champ Henry Cejudo undergoing shoulder surgery <laughs> um, after his fight with Marlon Moraes. Um, Henry Cejudo is going under undergoing left shoulder surgery. Basically, he suffered that injury in the first round of his fight at UFC 238. Basically, it's a torn rotator cuff. There's a there's a little tendon or something in there that he's he's ruptured or otherwise torn, and so uh, he's got to have surgery on it. He's not going to fight till till after the new year. Um, so, given the fact that that I currently weigh. Two and three quarter Henry Cejudo's. <laughs> He's five foot four, and uh-huh. and I'm six foot three, so I'm almost a foot taller than Henry Cejudo. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm 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 just gonna say that I'm currently not feeling the fear of Henry Cejudo sitting at my desk. Man, it's all fun and games. So he's sitting there chilling. Okay, it's all fun and games. Listen, I don't listen. I don't have to. I don't have to worry about the takedown. I just gotta thump his shoulder and it's over. Like he just start, he just go to the ground crying. I just want a. Clip He's injured. Of this. I want this clip. I want this clip of you talking this back to Henry Cejudo, so I can send it to him. You might be the motivation for him to get back, to get back one hundred percent real quick. Listen, okay? I, all I gotta say is this: Henry Cejudo is a great fighter. He's a talented, decorated Olympian. Makes uh-huh. me proud to be an American. Oh. Oh, proud to be. That'd be another song I'd be kind of afraid of if you, if you um, come out. It, look, please. <laughs> I think I'd be you, the, the horse is dead. The ants <laughs> have come and eaten the body. You are beating the skeleton. I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. Like, like, anyway. Like, I think in a world of 8 billion people, there is only one person who thinks this joke is still funny. <laughs> it is. And you're anyway. laughing. I'll just say it. But no, but seriously, uh, Henry Cejudo has done an ama- a, a, a bunch of amazing things. I just do not like this 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 jack wagon persona that he's got that he's trying to get attention with, and successful or not, you know, wearing the props and all that kind of stuff. I don't like it. I don't I, like it either. But I don't yes. think I don't think he needs to do it. That's the thing is that you know yeah. having having won the 135 pound title now. Um, Holding the 125 pound belt, um, being a gold medalist are all things that he should he should make his case for. But win some fights at 135, man. You've got you've got um, 
uh, Dominic Cruz to fight. You got Cody Garbrandt to fight. There's a lot of guys that you can go and fight at 135. Beat them all up, and you said you could go up to 145. Go ahead. Go to 145 and make your make your legacy that way. Don't make your legacy being some kind of some kind of jerk bully. I, I just okay. don't like it. You know what? I have to agree with you. You're right. I'm not a fan of this either. However, look at what it's done. It's got people talking about it. Now, the, you know, there are some people who say that new, any news, you know, any news is good news. Okay, I'm not one to subscribe to that. I'm one to understand that, yeah, it has to happen like that. Because when he was playing the, the face, nobody was really paying attention to him. It's yeah. only when he started playing the heel that people were like, oh, wow, look at that Henry Cejudo. No, he's a, actually a really legit fighter. He's he is very legit. Okay, the only person that's 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 really that was really a stopping for a stop for him was Mighty Mouse. But that's the okay. thing is that the reason why and 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 the reason why he wasn't getting any play before he took Mighty Mouse's belt was he he wasn't a champion. He wasn't considered a champion. In the, in, in the MMA world, not counting his gold medal in the Olympics. So he was expecting that he was going to get the same type of, of, of you know, persona at a lighter weight. And we already know that there is a prejudice towards lighter weights in the, in the MMA world. But he was expecting to get that same billing that Mighty Mouse himself wasn't enjoying. And the fact is, is that he wasn't. But once he started beefing with TJ Dillashaw, who what we've established now is 135 pounds is the lowest lowest weight that you can still get some level of respect. Um, he started beefing with Dillashaw, and he beat Dillashaw at 125, and then he moved up, and now that he's won the 135-pound belt, now you're in a position where you actually have a platform. Why would you squander it by looking like a freaking amateur? Don't do that. Be the champ. Be the Olympian. Freaking wave that American flag. If you want to want to use your the your 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 Hispanic heritage, I don't know if he's I think he's Mexican. If you want to wave that flag too, wave that and show you know the 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 full breadth of your of your heritage. Like there's so much more that Henry Cejudo can do to to enrich the experience of a fan, even a casual fan in MMA that wearing a fake crown and throwing out magic cards and and playing with a, a, a dead snake a fake a fake rubber snake is completely unnecessary and if that's if if Henry Cejudo showed up at my desk that is what the conversation would be okay <laughs> so I'm just saying it's like I am I am passionate about this and it's it's sad when when a fighter as talented as Henry Cejudo would feel that his only recourse is to be a broke down, smaller version of Colby Covington. See, everybody wants to compare him to Kobe because that's a that's a that's a that's a really that's a really low bar to achieve right there. But that's the and whole I'll point. Think, you know, I think Cejudo is he's 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 just he's just airing it out there. You know. But I don't think Kobe. What Kobe does is borderline racist, and it's just borderline. It's just, it's just bad. 
So, okay. but, but, so but it's, we so have to the, investigate. We have to look at why are people going to the to Colby Covington and saying that he's a Colby Covington and not a Conor McGregor? Why are people saying that he is? Why are they making that that analogy and not the one with Connor or saying that he's another Chael Sonnen? Like, there's a reason for that. Okay, the, I, the, okay, I, I agree, but you know, I wouldn't call him another Chael Sonnen because Chael Chel, Chel recites magic on the mic when it comes to to, to MMA. All right, I I mean, he has said some controversial things, but never. Like to the level that Kobe. Kobe is the lowest of the low. Well, yeah, but 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 once again, but Henry it's, Cejudo is 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 above that. I'm not saying he's better than um than uh, all right on the scale of trash talk. There's Chell Sonnen. There's um there's Chell Sonnen. There's Conor McGregor. Then I would say then there's uh, Henry Cejudo in there. But the dirtbag maggot. Is Kobe, is Kobe Covington. But but that doesn't answer the why are people making the analogy that Henry Cejudo's antics are reminiscent of Kobe Covington and not reminiscent of Chael Sonnen or or Conor McGregor. Like you can be a broke down Conor McGregor and that's still kind of an that's still kind of a compliment. Because he he for two reasons. One you you alluded to because the the one twenty fivers and are just not getting that respect. And two. Because not that many people are laughing, okay? That's the problem. They're not laughing with him. They're laughing at him, okay? So, and he so, has a massive the skill of, of making them laugh with him. Because because at the end of the day, the reason why Chell Sonnen is great at what he does is because Chell Sonnen, is, he's got comedic timing and he's intelligent. The reason why, the reason why Conor McGregor is so great at what he does is because he's got comedic timing and he's intelligent. I'm not knocking Henry Cejudo's intelligence. He just doesn't have comedic timing. Dude's not funny. You know, yeah, it's, it's like that he, joke. It's like that joke about the, the guy who goes into jail and he's he, he's in jail and at night people call out numbers and everybody laughs, and so he goes to his cell, his cellmate next door, and he's like, "Hey, why everybody? Why does everybody call out a number and and then laugh?" He goes, "Oh, well, because we've been in here so long, we've heard all the jokes, and so each joke has a number now, and we just call out the number, and everybody knows what joke you're telling." And so he goes, "Oh, let me try it. Twenty five. Nobody laughs." And he goes, "Why did anybody laugh?" He goes, "Well, some people can tell it, and some people can't, and that's what it is. Is that." Henry Cejudo is yelling out 25 because he knows that there's a joke associated with it that probably Chell did, that probably Conor McGregor did, that probably Muhammad Ali did, or maybe some wrestler like like Ric Flair. But the fact is that some people can tell it and some people can't, and Henry Cejudo is one of those guys that just can't tell a joke. You can't tell a joke. And there it is, people. Now you know why they're trying to compare him. But to compare him to Kobe, though, God. Because Kobe no. can't tell a joke, and Kobe no. doesn't even understand how jokes are created, and 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 he like Kobe is is just he he, he doesn't even understand what funny is. Yeah, he's taking pages out of the art of the deal. Okay, he he's not even trying to be funny. Okay, that's the thing. He's just being nasty. Okay, and there's a difference between I'm trying really hard to be funny 
and then I'm just being nasty, okay? And due to the fact that we have children that listen to listen to our podcast, I can't tell. I can't just be nasty. Yeah, I have to try and be funny, okay? Fifty percent of the time, I'd like to think I do. I do a pretty good job. Except when you funny. start going in on these walk-in songs, like that is the so not funniest of all your material. Like it's just Angel Angel by Aerosmith. Okay. All right. Okay, I don't, I don't but let me tell you who is funny. Let me tell you who is funny. What's that? Francis Ngannou. That Ooh. guy. One Punch Man. Funny. So, um, a few weeks ago was the uh, the NBA draft, and drafted number one uh, by the New Orleans Pelicans was Zion um, Williamson. Uh-huh. Well, if you ever look at Francis Ngannou. And Zion next side by side, they look a lot alike. Really? <laughs> so people are regularly confusing Francis Ngannou with Zion. And even oh. though Zion is probably four <laughs> or five inches taller, plays a different sport altogether, um, and doesn't speak French as far as I know. Um, so Francis Ngannou, and, and Casey sent me this. Francis Ngannou made a video on Instagram where he's wishing Zion good luck and saying that he regularly wears Zion's Duke jersey so that people will think that he's Zion. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually see it. Oh, my God. <laughs> so so I, that is funny. Like, that's humor. That's so good. So I saw it. I thought it was funny. I thought we could just talk about it on the show just for a moment so that if you know if if our fans make it to this part of the show because they're like jesus christ they're going this is like the longest episode we've done in six months um yeah. if they make it this far in the show then at least they know that francis Ngannou is at least what i would call funny yes uh, and he does have a great sense of humor you know it's it's humor is something that comes naturally all right, you don't have to force it, which unfortunately is what Cejudo is doing. He's forcing the funny. You don't have to force the funny. You just have to be funny. Just be natural. Be yourself. Okay. Yep. That's why. That's why you know you were able to go out with that that WWE star. Breathe. So someone else who's really good on the mic is uh, is Darren Till. Like I, I I think that Darren Till is good on the mic. You know what? I forgot about him too. He he's, is great on the mic. He, he's just. He he said a few things that 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 put um you know he he said he said a few things that put some people on uh you know on his bad side because it was like you know he was really talking about how focused he is on fighting and getting better and he kind of misspoke that you know that he was like well I don't care that I have a daughter that I haven't seen in 6 months like no, that's not what he means. He just means that he's focused. But you know, when it comes to having someone who just is charismatic and is really good on the mic, it's Darren Till. Now Darren Till has kind of been that that you know they they say if you you know if you you know what is it if you shoot for the moon you land am- amongst the stars or whatever. Yes, um, that's kind of Darren Till. He had this this meteoric rise and then. Um, cause he, he burst upon the scene and he defeated K- 
Cowboy Cerrone in spectacular fashion. Then, yeah. you know, he missed weight and beat um, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. And so everybody's like, oh, this is going to be the guy. And then he met Tyron Woodley's fist. And ate some knuckles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then after that, he was gone for six months and then met uh, Jorge Masvidal. Ugh. And now it's kind of one of those things where he's been arrested, he's gotten in trouble, and Dana White has finally come out and said that he pushed Darren Till a little too soon. You know, yeah. in in the in the search to try to find another Conor McGregor, he thought he had him in Darren Till. And Darren Till has a lot of upside because Darren Till actually is making weight at 170 when he could easily be a 205er. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you've got a lot of wiggle room at 170, 185, and 205. But the fact is, is that Darren Till probably should have matured a little bit more going up the ranks. And at the end of the day, you know, he pushed it too fast. And, you know, the rest is kind of history. Well, it is what it is. I mean, I hope to see him back in the ring soon. Maybe not as a welterweight, maybe as a middleweight, since he since he's has trouble making welterweight. I would love to see him as a middleweight, but you know, uh, here's to here's to hoping he gets back real soon. Yeah, and stay out of trouble. Like, stop yeah, doing ridiculous. Quit, quit stuff. stealing cabs, man. Really, really. Yeah. I Just as an aside, someone else who's he's out of trouble, BJ Penn. Like what the heck? Man, dude? man. At least he got a win. Okay. <laughs> well, did he get a win? Yeah, he got a win because he had that he he had that oh. bouncer and oh, he yeah. was he was manhandling him. Oh, I thought okay. you were talking about an official win. I'm like, that dude ain't that's, won since two thousand ten. What dude, are you talking that's, about? That's a that was an official win, okay? Cause the way he hand, he manhandled that that bouncer, that was an official win. Okay. Yeah. We just need a big John to come in there and break that up. Okay. Because yeah. his friend sure couldn't. Last last one before we, we end this long, extra long segment. Um, as many of you may know, or maybe you don't know, that the UFC has been lobbying the Nevada State Athletic Commission to uh, expunge the loss on John Jones's record. So currently, John Jones has one loss. That one loss came as a disqualification due to 12 to 6 elbows on a downed opponent, the Hammer, Matt Hamill. Um, and this is long years ago. Steve Mazzagatti, who we know Dan, Dana White does not like, does not respect, and could would otherwise run him over with the car if he found him in the middle of the road dying. Wow, <laughs> a little harsh there, aren't you? So, <laughs> so, so the UFC and and John Jones, I guess, um, are are um, appealing this loss and trying to say that John Jones was clearly the better fighter. That this disqualification should be ruled a no contest because John Jones was on his way to win that fight anyway, um, and and while there is some truth to it, a loss is a loss. Exactly. Um, um, and it was twelve to six elbows. I went back and watched it. It was twelve it wasn't to six just elbows. One. It wasn't just one though. If it had been one, okay, I I I I can see why this is this is you know. It, it can be overturned. It can be expunged. But he threw multiple ones, and that's why I can't. I, I I really can't justify what Dana's doing. Okay, I really can't. Mm -hmm. If he one, okay, more than one, two, uh, three or more, yeah, you got a problem. You need to stop. You need to stop that. But you know, was it an extreme move? 
compared to we've seen guys get, you know, kneed in the groin multiple times in a match. Um, Michael Bisping, uh, he, who was it? Who was it that he, like, kneed in the, intentionally, well, he's kneed an intentionally ground opponent. Um, we've seen, uh, we've seen eye pokes galore. I mean, you name it, we've seen it, and there, and things, and they let it slide, even on multiple times. Yeah. Okay. I, I just I just watched it again in slow motion. It's three. Uh, yeah. He, he lands one, and then he he lands a couple of forearms, and then he lands two in a row, and that's when Mazagati comes in and, and, and disqualifies him. So, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, no one considers John Jones – anything other than undefeated like no one's saying oh but matt hamill no uh john jones for except for his record being you know having that one on his record um no one everyone considers him undefeated i don't i think he lost he lost two fights to, to dc because due to himself oh well you know if if, if you're going to count dc losing him losing fights to DC, then theoretically I'm six and zero versus you. Oh my God! Here we go with this. Okay, so Casey's not here, so you're gonna try and land. There is no, there, there was no contract signed, sir. Okay, no contract. No, we had signed. we had agreements that are recorded on this show. Don't make me go in the archives and pull up all of the agreements. Okay, so here, so here's what's going down, people. Okay. Um, sometime during the summer, this is going. We're going to end this this bickering between me and him about this. This this must happen. This must happen because you know what? He can sit there and say he's going to be six and zero and everything like that, but he's going to remember that one that he's going to catch. That you know one what? L you know what's going to happen, catch. right? I'm gonna I'm gonna whoop you around the ring, and then someone's going to run in and disqualify me, and I'm gonna be carrying this one. <laughs> and we all, we you and I will both know that you didn't really beat me. Oh, is that what's going down? Okay, all right. But, all right. You heard to hear people. But what I got to say is, is that in so much as they're trying to get this minus this one loss removed from John Jones's record, Matt Hamill was like, "Hey, bro, if you want to get this, if you want to get the, you know, get get this loss back, I can, I'll just rematch you." Man, some people do anything for the uh, anything for the money. That's all I got to say about that. I don't think that's a good that's a that's a that's a wise decision right there. Okay, because, Matt Hamill know, is forty two years old. John Jones just turned thirty thirty one. All right, let's not trip on the forty. I'm I'm two years older than than uh, Mr. Hamill there. Okay, Mr. yeah, Mr. but Hamill. you know we gonna we 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 gonna call you out if you start calling out John Jones. No, if I start calling John Jones, you need to be worried because that means I went to the gun show over the weekend and I got me a I'm packing heat. Okay, well, because this is I'm Texas. not mess with that man. Okay. Yeah, but I'm just saying, you know, we, if you were calling out John Jones for a fight, we would be like, John, you're 44 years old. Come on, man. But Randy Couture, that's all I want to say, Randy Couture. You are not natural. Okay. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that's that's what they see. They saw Randy Couture do it. We're looking at what? How old is Joel Romero? He's like 65, right? <laughs> something like that hey man if you're built like if look if you're built like yo romero i say go more power to you like uh uh uh, dan henderson that dude he was like a hundred still fighting but he's knocking folks out so you can't really like what are you gonna say yeah exactly so 
He's there. People who are over the age of forty, they're trying to say, "I still got it." They're invoking those fighters. Okay. Yeah. Think if they can do it, I can do it too. Despite this nagging knee injury and the fact that I need icy hot every night. Yeah. Okay. The, the, the only thing that I gotta say is is that every one of those fighters that we named, even though they were in their mid forties, they were signed to the UFC exactly. and active fighters. Matt Hamill is currently unsigned, as far as I can tell, and even Tito Ortiz, who is also a geriatric. Ain't, doesn't even want to fight him. They're like, he's like, that ain't even worth my time. Yeah, because he, he knows he'll put him through the ring. That's the reason why. <laughs> so, so uh, John Jones, I don't know if he's if he if he's gonna take that rematch or not. I I, I seriously doubt it. Um, but I do think it's ballsy to say, uh, you know, I, I'll fight John Jones so that he can get this loss. But John Jones said, "Yeah, man, let's go ahead and do this right quick." What yeah. if he did say would, yes? It would, it would be, it'd be a huge fight. It really it would. would. Yeah, because we're going to see the first murder in the UFC. I mean, goodness. That's yeah, you know, he'd be like, he'll start invoking that of Deontay Wilder where he's like, I am paid. I, this is the only place in the ring where you can murder someone and get paid by get paid for it. Yes. And like, he'll, get, he'll be paid for that. Yeah, okay. like John Jones, the first death in the UFC ring. Like, that would be amazing. Yeah. Yep, so, murder in the ring. That would be a promo video. Murder in the ring. You know they, you know they're playing sad songs and everything by Sarah McLaughlin all the way through the promo and you know in the arms of an angel. Okay, all right, things like, like that. For real, like yeah. Uh, I'm just saying. You keep you keep going to this well, man. The well is dry. Like, not, the well, the well not. is so dry that dry, like man. rain evaporates before it gets to the bottom it's of the dry. well. Like dry, you gotta stop going to that well. Like, it's dry like a Chardonnay, man. We we pair that 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 buttery Chardonnay with a nice uh, with a nice uh, salmon on a good summer day. It's got a nice warm breeze. It's butter. It's it's it's, you, char- it's dry you know, like that. You know the L is silent in that word. Uh, what in what Chardonnay? No, in salmon. 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 Depends on what part of the nation you're from. I'm from the Midwest. Okay. You're from the south somewhere. Yeah, and and people in the south and in the north know how to say salmon. Salmon. <laughs> I bet you salmon. say sword too. <laughs> no, I say sword. I am not from the from the head. I'm not gonna say that because there might be some listeners there and they might run up on us. And I'm like, my name is Ryan Smith. John Keys is over there. You uh, know, I, I might do that. So. You know. All right. Well, that is finding the angles. Everything that we wanted to talk about in the past three weeks that we weren't on. Now we're going to go into the fight card, looking at the pay-per-view coming up, UFC 239, on the fight card. This is the fight card. This is where we look at the fights that are planned for Saturday night, UFC 239, Jones versus Santos, Saturday, July 6, 2019, T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. This is International Fight Week. This is when all of the great fighters from UFC past, present, and future descend on Las Vegas for a great celebration of fighting and fandom in the great city of Las Vegas, Nevada. We've got five fights on the card. 
all of them we're going to flash fight pick and we're going to make sure that that george g money stallworth picks these and kc picks these if you're listening and you want to pick them you pick them too let us know we're going to see this is this is a great card we've got michael chiesa versus diego the nightmare dream sanchez nightmare just the nightmare no he's got like three names wasn't he he's got nightmare he's got dream and then something like lion cub or something no, uh, lion, uh, hold on. Uh, it's like yeah, Lion right, King right, right. or something. Yeah, lion, yeah, Simba, Simba, something like that. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Diego. Yeah. So, Sanchez. so, but, um, yeah, because he's got another one. He, he was Nightmare, then he was the Dream, and then now he's like, you know, not Lionheart, but something. Lionheart. No, it is Lionheart. He, he's and trying El to Cortazon. steal Anthony Smith's nickname. Yeah, and then El Corazon de Leon. All right, or Lionheart. Oh, that's Lionheart in Spanish. Spanish, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, I'm looking here. I'm All looking. right, there you go. Jan Blakovich versus Luke Rockhold. Finally, Luke Rockhold's showing his face again at 205 pounds. Like, this guy was a 185 pounder, got no dice, couldn't get it back into the title hunt, and now he's trying at 205. This is not a good idea for me, I, I don't think. I think Luke Rockhold's going to find tough sledding at 205, but we'll see. Ben Askren, funky versus Jorge Masvidal. This is Jorge's chance right here. This is his chance because he could be the first person to put a loss on Ben Askren and make his case for a fight with Kamaru Usman. That's a great fight. You got in the co-main event, Amanda Nunes coming back into action versus the preacher's daughter, Holly Holm. And then in the main event of the evening, heavy light heavyweight champion, John Bones Jones versus Tiago the hammer santos dude has the thor's hammer tattooed on his chest man that's when you know you just you're just dangerous I, was he born with that with that tattoo um, that I, like a birthmark i, I think it was kind of like harry potter and how he got his birthmark um yeah. tiago santos got a big hammer on his chest i I'm, I'm i can believe that i'm down with that i i, I prefer it better than than uh brock lesnar's goofy looking sword through the throat thing that he's got on his chest you know, there's usually a story behind that, and I just want to know how much alcohol. Yeah, was involved I, this is one where I can agree with you on that. All right, yeah. we got five pit fights to pick. We're gonna pick the entire main card because it is that good of a card. Michael Chiesa versus Diego Sanchez. Who you got? Uh, Diego Sanchez. Michael Chiesa is not gonna be able to handle uh, the nightmares. Uh, endless, endless endurance tank. Mm -mm. I'm, I'm gonna tell you like this: Chiesa is a is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu specialist. This fight's going to go to the ground. It's only a matter of time before Chiesa gets Diego Sanchez all wrapped up. It's going to be a tap. Fight's not going to go all the, all the whole distance. I got uh, Michael Chiesa. Yeah. John Blakovich versus Luke Rockhold. Who you got? Man, I want to go with Luke Rockhold. I, I think he's. I think he's. He may have found his niche. I mean, I think he. The reason why he left 185 not only because he wasn't going to find any gold there, but because he got embarrassed by uh, one blind uh, Michael Bisping. All right. I got Jan Blakovich. Jan Blakovich is a solid fighter. He's 205 pounds. Luke Rockhold, unless he's been doing the, the work the work to, to bulk up to 205, if he's just not cutting as much, it's not going to be enough. And you're going to find that Jan Blakovich is, is 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 much bigger than you than you were prepared for. So I got Jan Blakovich by unanimous decision. Funky Ben Askren versus Jorge Masvidal. This I think might be fight of the night. Easily could be final night. I'm going with Ben Askren. 
Uh, I think he's he's gonna he's gonna out wrestle the the Street Fighter, the protege of Kimbo Slice, and I'm saying a lot there because I really like Jorge, I really do, but not here. It's it's not gonna be pretty. You know the 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 problem that I have with with Jorge Masvidal is is that I'm I'm trying to think through when was the last time I saw him fight a poor, pure wrestler. I don't think he has. And so that's that's the challenge is that when you look at someone like like um, Robbie Lawler, Robbie Lawler has kind of fought a little bit of everybody, um, and and so he was ready for Ben Askren. I, I I'm just I'm not feeling like, um, you know, Jorge Masvidal lost to Damian Maya. You know, Jake Ellenberger is a, is a, is a true wrestler, but that that was at the end of Ellenberger's career. Um, you know, Benson Henderson was a true wrestler, right? You know, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm not seeing a lot of success versus pure wrestlers. So I'm going with Ben Askren because Jorge Masvidal, unless he catches him, which is always the chance, Jorge yeah. Masvidal could catch Ben Askren, but I think Ben Askren's going to control him for three, for three rounds and Ben Askren's going to emerge victorious there. Uh, yeah. Co-main event, Amanda Nunes versus Holly Holm. Um, you know, I was I was asked this earlier um, today, and I've been wrestling back and forth with it. I'm going to give it to Nunes. Um, she's scrappier. She has a, you know, not taking anything away from Holly Holm. She's a she's a decorated kickboxer, no doubt about it. But Amanda's it's going to be everything for Amanda to get in there and just really brawl it out with her. You, you do not stand up with her. Brawl it out with her, okay? Uh, um, I, I think this is Amanda Nunes is just going to coast. I think this is going to go decision, um, five round decision. Amanda Nunes comes out winning. Holly Holm looks like it's like she got hit by a train. Yeah, many trees, many, many, many trees. I said train, but trees will work too. Yes, that'll work too. And in the main event of the evening. John Bones Jones versus Tiago Santos. Is there a chance that Tiago Santos becomes the first to truly beat John Bones Jones? Yes. Yes, just like it was a chance for Ngannou to knock out Junior Dos Santos. I do believe that uh, Tiago has the power to do it. Uh, I think he has, you know, he's... He's seen enough scraps that he should be able to to stand to 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 hang in there with John Jones. John Jones is still a force of nature, though. I still see John Jones beating him um, pretty soundly if he if he has his way with him. Um, yeah, I, I I think John Jones will John Jones will will win this fight easily. I don't think that it goes all five rounds. Um, I think that. I think what happens is you get three rounds of very entertaining back and forth, and you get to the fourth round, and by that point you'll start seeing Tiago Santos slows down, and you get a finish late fourth, early fifth round. Um, Tiago Santos is such a powerful striker that it is possible that he can land something, and if he does, more power to him, but he's going to have to do it twice before anybody's going to legitimately give him a chance at, at, at truly being called a champion. And, and yeah. you know, so I'd like to see it. I mean, I really would like to see it, not because I don't like John Jones, um, but because of the fact that 
this is Tiago Santos represents that guy that yeah. that that um that Matt Sarah, you know, that yeah. Holly Holm to uh to a Ronda Rousey. That, that Chris Weidman to, to Anderson Silva. That Chris Weidman to Anderson Silva. That yeah. that Andy Ruiz Jr. to uh, Anthony Joshua. Like yes. th- that is the guy. There's always that one guy for a champion who is who is undefeated. And I'm gonna say undefeated because I'm not giving that that win by disqualification any juice. They all I'm run sorry. into that roadblock. I went a loss is a loss is a loss. I had to disagree. I just ignore it. I'm I'm ignoring it. He's he's undefeated. There was no reason that that Matt Hamill was going to reverse his position. Matt Hamill was not going to win that fight. So as far as I'm concerned, John Jones has a loss on his record, but I don't acknowledge it because <laughs> you're living in denial, sir. Okay. <laughs> I, mean, I don't acknowledge it. it like it, like I, he has a loss, but it, why would I acknowledge that 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 loss? John Jones is on like a 15 fight win streak. That's fine, but still, okay. Even George St. Pierre had a loss. He had two losses. No, no, actually. but see, John George St. Pierre got uh-huh. beat both times by his opponent. He got choked out by Matt Hughes and he got knocked out by Matt Sarah. Yes. So no, did 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 John Jones get knocked out by by Matt Hamill? Did John oh, Jones yeah. get choked out? No, he got DQ'd. You got DQ for intentionally throwing an illegal strike. So, yeah, he really, if anything, that's even worse because that was an intentional, that was an intentional act. It was premeditated. So, so, no, it wasn't premeditated. He thought about it. He no, threw it not it pre- once, not uh, twice, but three times. It's, it, the premeditated would suggest that he thought about it in the back of the, in the dressing room and was like, I'm going to throw an illegal 12 to 6 elbow. That's premeditated. So you're saying that he was caught in lust in a in a battle lust, and just went for whatever he knew. Um, because I I, I, I then it would be the, it'd be the same thing like Greg Hardy when Greg Hardy threw the threw the knee to the head. Dude was fighting. He l- lost his composure and threw the knee to the head. He knew that he wasn't supposed to do it, but he got he was just in the moment. John Jones John Jones was at not he was nine and zero. So he was brand new to the sport, to, to, to the UFC. He had fought three times before, and and that that's what happened. He was still very young in the sport. He wouldn't okay. make that same mistake today. So, uh, you uh, know. It, I, I'll say this to, to counteract that. There's a difference between what happened with Greg Hardy, what happened with John Jones. With Greg Hardy, okay, you can at least argue that there was a timing issue there. With John Jones – he willingly threw a strike that is not that was not legal at the time anywhere that 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 had the unified rules of MMA. I, I, I don't I don't know what you're talking about with a timing issue with Greg Hardy. That this wasn't this wasn't like the guy was the guy was a completely downed opponent. It wasn't like he was coming up or anything where it was it was you know a, a second too he, early. No, the dude I, was down. I don't know about that's that. That's why they stopped the fight. They stopped the fight. We're, you can look at it after the show. We are I, I we're, look at that. We're, we're like we're, an hour and 30 minutes. We're beyond an, almost 2 it. hours. People are going to love it, all right? Trust me. Come on. <laughs> People are, are going to love it. Follow us on social fact. media. On Twitter, I'm at CST Ryan. And I'm at Keys to Victory, and that's Keys with an E-S. Uh, you can check out the website at www.combatsportstalk.com. 
On Instagram, I'm at Combat Sports Talk dot or Combat Sports Talk. CSC Ryan. And uh, I'm at Keys to Victory. Once again, Keys with the ES. Yeah, that was Instagram. Um, oh, that's Instagram. Yeah, yeah. That's, you that's can find us on all your all your platforms. Every every podcasting platform that you listen to, um, you can find our show. Um, we've got merchandise. Just go to our website and, and click our merchandise link. It's on uh, Amazon. And we've got a section for live events where I'm hoping that I can get finally connect with George G. Money Stallworth this weekend to do a live recording reaction show of the fights that are happening. But I know that he's coaching a uh, he's coaching a, a, a Muay Thai uh, 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 event uh, on Saturday. Anything else before we go? Um. Yeah. Uh, we forgot. We forgot to talk a little bit more about um, Artem Lobal's great victory over. Paulie Malignaggi and how some people are saying that maybe the current the current breed of boxers aren't just that great of boxers if they got beat by an MMA fighter. That's just throwing it out there. I got. I mean, I, 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 I didn't actually. I was more interested in what they were going to use for gloves than I was for that fight. I, 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 I burned out on that fight before. Like I was super excited <laughs> about it, and then I burned out on it, and I was like, whatever. So. Yeah. So yeah, it, Artem Lobov won the fight, but it was by decision. By most accounts, I heard that it was just a lackluster fight; that it really wasn't that great. Um, I didn't watch it, um, so I, I maybe I'll have an opinion next week on the next episode of Combat Sports Talk, episode one hundred, one hundred centennial, the century mark, the 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 passing grade, one hundred. All right, here we go. Our theme music is composed by Scott McCurry at scottdeancountry.com. KC Onyebuchi produced our lead-ins. I want to thank you for joining us for another edition of Combat Sports Talk. For John Keyes, I'm Ryan Smith reminding you to keep your hands up, your chin tucked, and throw bombs.